Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests, classic radio shows, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, and showbiz news. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio detective adventure of Sam Spade, starring Howard Duff, but it's time now to play Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, either one or two. Both of our two Hollywood 360 listener contestants must correctly answer more multiple-choice trivia questions about Katherine Heigl than me. Lisa Wolf is our moderator. I think that's you, right, Lisa? Uh, it sure is. I'm still here. I haven't left you yet. And we've got two listeners on the line who are going to play with us. Let's say hello to Joan first from Bartlett. Hey, Joan. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. We're glad you're with us today. Yeah, well, we're snowed in. I know. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> And we've got Kathy from Chicago. Hey, Kathy. Hey, guys. How are you? Love the show. Are you Love snowed Saturday in? Night. Oh, thank you. Are you snowed in, too? It's a good day oh, to stay yeah. home, you know? Oh, I hate the snow. I hate the snow. We're getting too oh, old. It's no gosh, fun anymore. I hate it. All right. Let's play a game as long as we're all home and uh, taking a little break from the snow. Yes. Okay, Joan, we're going to start with you. Catherine okay. Heigl's breakout role was for what character on the TV show Grey's Anatomy? And if you guys know the answer, you know, you're welcome to shout it out. Was she Dr. Miranda Bailey, Dr. Lexi Gray, Dr. Isabel Stevens, or Dr. April Kepner? April Hester? No, I'm sorry. It was close, though. It was one of the other ones. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, do you know? Um, no, but can you say them again? Sure. Miranda Bailey, Lexi Gray, or Isabel Stevens? Uh, Miranda. No, I do like that name. Carl, was she Dr. Lexi Gray or Dr. Isabel Stevens? Lexi Gray? I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't <laughs> never watch the show. I, I can I see. Don't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's okay. We'll go to the next one. Kathy, Catherine co-starred with what famous actor in the 2007 comedy Knocked Up? Is it, uh, do you know it? I want to say Josh Duhamel, but... Mm, I'll give you some choices. Okay. Uh, um, Seth Rogen, Steve Carell, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or James Franco? Seth Rogen. Yes, indeed. That is correct. Great. Way to go, Kathy. Carl, Catherine appeared in what feature film at age 11? Mm. Total Recall, Pretty Woman, That Night, or Ghost? Um, can I have them again? Sure. Total Recall. Total Recall. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, sorry. Man. Joan, do you know the answer? What were the choices again? A pretty Woman, That Night, Ghost. Pretty, what'd you say? Pretty Woman, That Night, or Ghost? Mm-hmm. 
That night? Yes, that is correct. That night. You've got it. Way to go, Joan. All right. All right. Let's go to round two. We're going to start with Joan. Uh, in 1994, she appeared on the cover of what magazine? Is it Cosmopolitan, Teen Vogue, Seventeen, or Glamour? Glamour. Ooh, no. But she's glamorous. <laughs> Kathy, do you know? Uh, Cos- Cosmo? No, it wasn't Cosmo either. What's Carl, left? Teen Vogue or Seventeen? Ah. Uh. <laughs> trying to make it hard for you. I'll say 17. You've got it. Wow. Excellent. We all have one. It's a <laughs> close a game one, here. right? Yeah. All right, Kathy. In 1999, Catherine starred in what teen science fiction show? Is it Dawson's Creek, Roswell, The Twilight Zone, or The Magic School Bus? Oh, God. Uh, what was the first one again? Dawson's Creek, Roswell, The Twilight Zone, Magic School Bus. I'm going to say Roswell. That is right. You've got it. Way to go. All right, Carl. In 2005, Catherine started a music video for what singer-songwriter? Yeah. Gavin DeGraw, John Mayer, Matt Nathanson, or Josh Kelly? Mm, a. I'm sorry. That's not correct. <laughs> Joan, do you know? Of course it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what were they again? So it's John Mayer, Matt Nathanson, or Josh Kelly? John Mayer. No, I'm so sorry. Kathy, do you I actually know? know who it is I'm now. I'm going to say Josh Kelly. Yeah. It's Josh Kelly. That's because her husband. That's her husband. Yeah, and that's I should have known that. Him. That's why that question was significant. I should have known that. I thought you knew. That's her husband. Nah, I'm a dummy. Dummy. I didn't say it. I am. Okay. I'm saying it. <laughs> you can say it. I can't. Joan, Catherine started her own production company. Wait a minute. Was this in Joan's question? Yes, it is, because that was your question. It music was? video. It yes, was? It, yes. Okay, all right. And you said, I don't know, I, a, you said. Oh, you're right. Okay. Of course I am. That's how dumb I am. Joan, <laughs> Joan she started her own production company called what? Is it called Abby Shag Productions, Blue Veil Production, Rogue Pictures, or Fine Line Features? Uh, the first one. Yes. The first one is correct. She's got These it. These girls are beating me to, to, to a pulp good, here. Good job. Kathy, Catherine appeared with Johnny Knoxville as a Special Olympics volunteer in what movie? Is it Knocked Up, The Ringer, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, or The Last Stand? The Ringer? Yes, The Ringer is right. I knew that one. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. I knew that one. Carl Catherine started her career as a child, not actress, but what? Was she a gymnast, a singer, a model, or a dancer? Model. Yes, she was a model. Wow. All right, final round. Final round. Joan, what was Catherine's character's name in Knocked Up? Was she Isabel, Jody, Allison, or Jill? Isabel? No. <laughs> Kathy, do you know? Jill? No. Uh-oh. Carl, was she Jody? Allison. Or? She was Allison. Mm. Kathy, in 27 Dresses. What was her character, what had her character Jane done 27 times? Had she been a bride, a bridesmaid, a wedding planner, or a maid of honor 27 times? Bridesmaid? Bridesmaid is right. I knew that one, too. Yeah, of course you did. Carl, final question. Yes. Set for release in 2016, Catherine will play Tessa in what thriller? Mm. Finding Dory, Warcraft, Unforgettable, Deadpool. Um, Deadpool. Ooh, sorry. Not correct. Joan, do you know? 
Can you repeat the question, please? Sure. Uh, Catherine will play Tessa in what thriller set for release 2016? Is it Finding Dory, Warcraft, or Unforgettable? Finding Dory. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kathy, here's your chance. Uh, Is it Warcraft or Unforgettable? I'm going to say Warcraft. Oh, I've got you all. It was Unforgettable. All right, I'm here's sorry. the deal. Are you ready for this? Yes. Joan has two. Carl has three. But Kathy has one, two, three, four, five. Oh, right. So Kathy, Kathy. Way to go. she beat the host, uh, but you're both getting fabulous prizes. Joan, did you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. And I love the great Gildersleeve. Me, Me too. Kathy, did you have fun? Always. I love this show. This Aww. is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Well, thank you so much. Thanks, uh, Kathy. Appreciate it. When we come back, it's the Adventures of Sam Spade. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 brought to you by Reader's Digest after these important messages. You hear that, kid? That's the hum of a well-run facility. You know what I hate hearing? Silence. Silence on a production line means downtime. Downtime means wasted time. Wasted time means wasted money. Silence isn't golden, kid. It's deadly. That's why I love Granger. With a wide variety of the latest products, Granger gets us what we need when we need it to help keep this place up and running and humming away. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. The holidays. A time for festive gatherings with friends and... Uh, Uncle Eddie. Surprise. Family. (laughs) When having family stay with you gets a little too close for comfort, make America's Best Value in your spare guest room. Go to abvi.com and save 15% when you stay now through December 29th. With 1,000 hotels in North America, America's Best Value in has room for everyone on your list, even Uncle Eddie. Get your Plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. Hello, I'm Jerry Mathers. I was the beaver in Leave it to Beaver. When I played the beaver on TV, I often got into trouble without even meaning to. Well, years later, after I left Hollywood, I got into real trouble. My blood sugar was through the roof. When I was diagnosed with type 2, I was shocked. Now, the very same natural remedies I use to control my type 2 diabetes are available for you in a super easy program called the Diabetes Solution Kit. 
If you have diabetes, I urge you to try this step-by-step plan. It has all the natural techniques I used, and it works a lot faster, too. And today, you can try this fast and easy solution without risk. I'm Jerry Mathers, and if I can do it, you can do it, too. If you'd like to normalize your blood sugar and stop taking your diabetes medication completely with your doctor's approval, go to 77jerrymathers.com for your free video. That's 77jerrymathers.com. Reverse your diabetes in as little as 30 days by going to 77jerrymathers.com now. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective was created by writer Dashiell Hammett for his crime story, The Maltese Falcon. Spade was a hard-boiled detective with cold detachment, keen eye for detail, and unflinching determination to achieve his own justice. For most people, the character is most closely associated with actor Humphrey Bogart, who played Sam Spade in the third and most famous film version of the Maltese Falcon. In 1946, one of radio's top producers, William Spear, brought Sam Spade to the airwaves, starring newcomer Howard Duff with Lorene Tuttle as Spade's secretary, Effie Perrine. And we have one of those for you now, Lisa. You are going to like this. This is from 1948, November 28th. It's called The Quarter Eagle Caper. It stars the deep-voiced Howard Duff. This guy even has a deeper voice than I do. Oh, no. Can you believe That's that? Impossible. Wow. And it's sponsored by Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair, which I know you use I all do. the time. I do. I appreciate Makes that Makes your hair product. nice and greasy. I like it like that. It's heard on CBS. Here's part one of The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. <laughs> To uh, Thelma Darling. Last name, Sam. Roger. Thelma. Roger. Darling. I only asked, Sam. Let's get on with it. Yes, Sam, I'm sorry. From Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject? Uh, subject, the uh, Quarter Eagle Caper. Uh, dear Thelma Darling. Sam. Yes, Eph? Isn't that redundant? Again? A salutation, Sam. Shouldn't it be Dear Thelma or Thelma Darling, but not both? Now, uh, get this, Eph. It's real deep. Her name is Thelma Darling. I have that, dear. Thelma Roger. Darling, it's a name. Her father was a darling before her. Oh, really, Sam? Can't you take a joke? On the egg type, you should paste the label, grade double A, fresh. <laughs> Uh, dear Thelma Darling, I'm stubborn. Not all of this will be news to you. The part that is will be bad news. The start of it was not a quarter eagle, but a bald eagle. He swooped in through the door of my office, landed in front of my desk, perched on the edge of a chair, and said... My name is Eagle, Mr. Spade. Junius J. Eagle. My card. Uh-huh. Eagle Vending Machine Company. Huh? And they call me the Gumball King. I'm proud of it. Uh, care to join me in a ball, sir? Uh, not while I'm on duty. Ah. Uh. It's very good, our new avocado flavor. <laughs> yes, I've kept the Bay Area chewing for 20 years. And I will not be swerved from my purpose. Bully. Mm. I intend to fight them tooth and nail. Hammer and tongs. To the last ditch. Bravo. But I'll need help. That's why I've come to you. My competitors, Mr. Spade, are leaving no stone unturned in their contemptible campaign to drive me out of business. Mm-hmm. Now they've resorted to outright sabotage. In short... They have hired hoodlums to destroy my gumball machines. They've already smashed 11. 
And they won't be content until they've demolished my entire equipment. Uh, it sounds like a police case to me, Mr. Well, Eagle. Well, I've been to the police. No, they don't understand my problem. Gave me a lot of double talk about juvenile delinquents. Ha, my foot. Cutthroat competition. You're sure of that? Well, what would you think? If theft were their motive, they most certainly would steal the pennies from the machines. But what do they take? My gumballs. And why do they do that? Uh, I'll buy it. Oh, well, by all means. Oh, here. Try this. It's our bestseller in Chinatown. We call it uh, Subgum. Uh, better not. I have to drive later. No, you don't. No. I had the foresight to buy up a three-year supply of chewing gum at non-inflation prices. So I see. Well, you can see with what thoroughness they encompass my ruination. They are not only smashing my machines, they're making off with my gum. And uh, you want me to try and stop them? No, I do not. No. I want you to catch them in the act and find out who is paying them. Well, okay, Mr. Eagle. I'll uh, see what I can do. Good. Good. Now... And this envelope is a list of my machines and their exact locations together with a check for your retainer. Thank you, Mr. Eagle. I'll uh, keep in touch with you. Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Eagle, I meant to ask you, how many of these gum machines do you operate here in town? Three hundred. Mm-hmm. And guard them well. Three hundred? Three hundred nuts. Three hundred nuts, Sam? No, three hundred gums. Uh, gumball machines. Sam, hmm? God, isn't it wonderful you took this job? I mean, because of my penny card. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I wasn't listening. My penny card, Sam. My new one, that is. I've already completed my Lincoln series, and now I'm collecting Indian heads. Scalps? No, Sam. Pennies. Mm. You see, this is the card. And these little slots you see right there, that's where you put the pennies. Mm. And they're classified according to the date and the mint where they're manufactured. Mm. Now, you see, Sam, See where the little S is on these? Mm. Now, that's for the San Francisco mint. And uh, the D, that's for Denver. Vegas. And the ones with nothing, that's for Washington, D.C. Yeah, well, that's a very nice hobby. Uh, pardon me. Um, 300 gumball machines. You see, that's what I had in mind, Sam. All those pennies. Indian head pennies are scarce, Sam. You have to go through a lot of pennies to find even one. Honestly, sometimes when I go past one of those penny machines, it's all I can... Oh. F, this is all right between you and me, but don't ever mention your hobby to Mr. Eagle. No, no, I won't. Riddle me this, sweetheart. How does one detective guard 300 gumball machines scattered all over the city? Well, if they're going to smash all of them, you could just pick out one in the middle and somewhere and wait. No good. If it's an organized plan of sabotage, there might be some pattern. You seem to have given this some thought, though, Effie. How would you pick them? In the busy places where they'd have more pennies. But they're not after the pennies. They take the gum. Well, then maybe the quiet sections where they don't sell much gum. Well, they've knocked over 11 so far, here, there, and everywhere. Busy spots, dead spots... No pattern at all. You know, Effie, maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew. I uh, wasn't sold on Mr. Eagle's theory that the caper was organized sabotage, but I decided to test it out anyway. I learned the operation did follow a pattern, unless it was coincidence that the 11 machines knocked over the previous night were the same 11 machines that had been refilled that afternoon. I checked with the Eagle Company's maintenance man and learned that only five had been refilled today. I picked the one that looked like the easiest to knock over. It was the one in the doorway of a darkened loft building near the Siemens hiring hall on Drum Street. At nine in the p.m., I strolled down there. The block was deserted. I took a plant in the adjacent doorway and talked to myself until just before midnight. Then I shot up. My uh, heart skipped a beat as she passed under the light. Red hair. My secretary? Then I noticed how she was dressed. Not on the salary I pay. She paused before the gum machine, opened a large handbag, stripped off her long black gloves, 
dropped them in her purse and took out a small Boy Scout-type hatchet. She went at it with the enthusiasm of Carrie Nation busting up a saloon. I edged around the doorway as she bent over the mess of pennies and gumballs at her feet. When she reached out her hand, I took one more step, and that was all. She was up on her feet facing me, and I saw that hatchet sailing through the air straight at me. Hey! Now see what you've done. Yeah, I'm sorry. I won't let it happen again, I hope. Well, don't just stand there. Let's get out of here. That noise, it'll bring the police down on us. Yeah, you're right. Uh, No, not that way. The alley. And that's how I met you, Thelma, darling. Pausing only to pick up an Indian head penny for luck, I escorted you through the alley to Washington, up Washington's salon, jogged through Front Street, and followed that to Market, where we entered the happy hour bar and grill by way of the kitchen. You proceeded unfalteringly to the darkest booth. We sat down and caught our breath. You ordered a pirate's dream. Uh, by the way, I did get that recipe. Lime juice, grenadine, passion fruit, a sprig of mint, and six jiggers of rum. After two swallows, I heard myself saying, Hey, now aren't you ashamed of yourself? But, Sam, why should I be? After what I've been through, I think I deserve a drink. I didn't mean that. I uh, meant throwing that hatchet at me. I thought you were Merle. Who's Merle? Why, he works for Mr. Chiselhurst. Yeah, that figures. Now, tell me who Mr. Chiselhurst is. Not who he works for, just who he is. He was acting as my agent for the sale of the pearl. Well, Natch, Natch. Now, look, please, don't make me say what pearl. It's called the Black Pearl of Galila Bay. Uh, My brother brought it back from the South Pacific when he was in the war. Oh, yes. When he went to prison, he gave it to me to keep for him. Uh Uh-huh. So you decided to sell it. I had no choice. I needed the money desperately to finance his appeal. It comes up next week. Mm -hmm. If I don't get that pearl back, I don't know what I'll do. You've got to help me. (coughs) What makes you think it's in a gumball machine? Mr. Chiselhurst took the pearl to show to a man named Junius Eagle, and that's when it disappeared. Mr. Eagle decided not to buy. And when Mr. Chiselhurst returned to the hotel... Eagle had found the pearl and substituted a ball of blackjack gum. Then what? Mr. Chiselhurst had Merle follow him. Nothing happened the first two days. But day before yesterday, he followed him to his warehouse and saw him drop a single ball of gum into a barrel of them that was waiting to be loaded onto a truck. The pearl must have been hidden in it. Why else would he do a thing like that? Uh Uh-huh. He would put a valuable pearl in a machine where anybody could buy it for a penny. I suppose it would be safe for a few days. I don't know how these machines work. Well, now you know why I had to break those machines. No. You don't believe me? Mm Mm-mm. Well, what are you going to do? Check the psycho wards and find out which one you escaped from. Hello? Uh, Mr. Eagle? Uh, speaking. Spade. Oh, yeah, I just got in. I, um, uh, I've been out making my monthly collection. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to talk to you. You're falling down on my job. Another of my machines. Yeah, I know. Drum Street. I nailed the hoodlum. Ah. Who's he working for? Uh, let me ask you one. Did a man named Chiselhurst ever try to sell you a black pearl? Hello, you still on the line? You stopped chewing. Uh, yes. I think you better come over to my house. Right away. Hello. Hello. Nuts. (laughs) 
That's the first portion of Sam Spade Detective from November 28th, 1948, the Quarter Eagle Caper. Howard Duff, and uh, we'll get back to that in just a few moments. All righty, Lisa Wolf, are you ready to play another movie clip? Let's do it. All right, this is a movie clip with the great Katherine Heigl in it, 2009, uh, 2009 comedy romance. Take a listen. Kevin, I've been waiting my whole life for the right guy to come along, and then you showed up, and you were nothing like the man I imagined. You're cynical and cranky and impossible. I just love her in this. This is a great movie, Lisa. Uh, it's a great movie. You can't Carl. say what it is. No, but it's I'm, a trying, great to, I'm movie. trying to contain myself. All right, so call us, folks, if you know what movie this is. 2009 comedy romance. Katherine Heigl stars in it. 855-360-H360. Kevin, I've been waiting my whole life for the right guy to come along, and then you showed up. And you were nothing like the man I imagined. You're cynical and cranky and impossible. All right, give us a call right now if you know this movie, 2009 Comedy Romance. Win some fabulous prizes. Toll free 855-360-H360. Once again, 855-360-H360. Phone lines are wide open. Give us a call. Lisa and I, Mike Costello, the whole gang, will be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm Carl Amari. Lisa Wolf is here. Lisa, you're looking loquacious. Um, that's very not, loquacious. You can't look loquacious. Well, you, know you are that, loquacious. Right? You are more you loquacious are so than loquacious I. That I can't even. You you're, you should change your name to Lisa Loquacious Wolf. All right, so here's a, a clip from a. Katherine Heigl film, 2009 comedy romance. Rule number one, never criticize. Even if it's constructive? Never. Men are incapable of growth, change, or progress. For men, self-improvement ends at toilet training. All right, got that, Lisa? It's a funny movie. I know. Let's check in with Mike from Tennessee. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing, Carl? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm uh, good. It's good to talk to you. What part of Tennessee? Knoxville. Where, Knoxville? Knoxville. All right. Very good. Very good. Love your show. Love your show. Oh, I'm glad you like it, Mike. So, uh, all right. So, um, what what movie is this? Well, I like you to say Ugly Truth. It is The Ugly Truth. You have a very, uh, you're very good there, Mike. I like that. Driving in your car, are you? Uh, I am. Did I win some knowledge or some kitty litter, or what do I get? No, you don't get any kitty litter, Mike. I'm sorry, but you're gonna, but you got it. It's ugly truth. Uh, you, you drive safe there, Mike. All right, you say hello, gracious. I, I will, buddy. You got it. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Mike. Uh, Mike knew it, Lisa Wolf. Yes, he did. Did you know that he knew it? Of course, it's Mike. Calling we from Knoxville, Mike. Tennessee. We know Mike. All right, and that is the Ugly Truth 2009 comedy romance. Katherine Heigl, Gerard Butler, Cheryl Hines, John Michael Higgins. Great cast. Now, in the movie, Butler's character appears on Craig Ferguson's late-night talk show, and in real life, the two men are very close friends. Did you know that? I did not know that. You did not know that, but even though you I are loquacious. Very Lo- loquacious. It has nothing to do with You have to look up the word again. I You're know confused. what it means. All right, let's okay. get back to the adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. When I 
came out of the phone booth, I wasn't surprised to find that you had flown the coop, darling, if I may call you by your last name. But I was surprised at what I found at my client's house. I rang the front doorbell and waited. Nothing happened. Then, through the glass door, I saw a man rush out on the landing at the top of the stairs. He half ran, half stumbled down the long flight to the entrance hall, yanked open the door, and tried to shove past me. I grabbed him. Hey, hey, get out of my way. Wait a minute. Let go. I gotta get a doctor. You're bleeding. No, 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 not me. I've gotta get a doctor. Why don't you phone? They ripped the wires out. Now let go, or it'll be your fault if he dies. I memorized his mug, lifted his wallet as we unclenched, and let him go. On the way upstairs, I checked his ID cards. Higgins, Morris L., employer, Eagle Vending Machine Company, occupation, maintenance supervisor. On the floor of a room at the top of the stairs was quite a sight. The floor of the room was covered almost completely with pennies. In the middle of it, sprawled forward like a miser who had been attacked while counting his hoard, was Junius J. Eagle. The wound in the back of his neck could have been caused by a small hatchet. There was a bookkeeper's account sheet open across the desk, and scrawled across the neat rows of figures, there were three words. Spade, quarter, and eagle. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service is presenting the weekly adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. Back to the Quarter Eagle Caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. That you, Higgins? Uh, yeah, yeah. Save yourself the trip upstairs. There's nothing you can do for him. Oh, dead, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess he won't need that doctor I called. We can use one anyway. Did you tell the Doc Eagle had been stabbed? Yeah, sure, sure I did. Yeah, well, that means the law will come with him or ahead of him. But I don't get it. He must have been killed for the money, but why didn't they take the pennies? They should have. It would look better for you if they had. You're that detective he hired, huh? That's right. Now, look, Higgins, we haven't got much time. If you want to find out who killed your boss, spill everything you know to me now before the cops get here. Because they're going to hold you, and they'll hold me, too, if they find me here. But I don't know a thing, Spade. I just found him like that. How did you get in the house? I have a key. He gave me one, so when I came here to pick up the pennies, he wouldn't have to come all the way down to let me in. For now, tell the cops the door was open. Did he always collect the pennies from the machines himself? Yeah, yeah, he was a coin collector as a hobby. He liked to go through them and save out the odd ones. You always pick up the money at 1 in the a.m.? Oh, no. No, he called me tonight a little past midnight, and he asked me to come right over. Hey, look, look, you've got to believe that. I do. He said the same thing to me. What do you know about a man named Chiselhurst? Chiselhurst? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's the name of the guy that ran into my truck yesterday coming down the California incline near Grant. He slammed right into the rear of my truck. I tangled with his chauffeur, some punk kid. Named Merle? Yes, yeah, that's what they called him. And there was a dame in the car, too, a redhead. Any report on the accident? No, no, the cop took it down on the, on the beat there. There wasn't no damage. Sounds like we haven't got much more time here. Oh. What exactly happened the night the first gun machine on your route was smashed up? Come on. Well, first off, I went to a bowling alley on Turk Street and removed our machine there. It was discontinued. Wait a minute. Where did you take it? Back to the shop? Oh, wait a second. I got it here in my book. Come on, come on. All right, I'm hurrying. Uh, here it is, 11864. Mm-hmm. No, no, I exchanged it for an out-of-order down on Drum Street. Did you leave the pennies in it? Oh, sure, sure. They only get collected once a month. How much gum was in it? About half full. I didn't refill it until today. Yeah. What's your system on the refill operation? Well, I carry about four extra machines in the truck. When I go to fill a machine, I take one of the extras already filled out of the truck and trade for the empty. Yeah. Then I fill the empty one in the truck, and that saves me from carrying the bag around. Now, is there anything else I can tell you? Yeah. Huh? Does uh, Quarter Eagle mean anything to you? No, no. Okay, now where's the back door? 
That quarter eagle. What was it? Was it a wrestling hole like the half Nelson? I thought of asking Effie, but I was afraid she'd know. I was sure that if I could find Chiselhurst, I could get all the answers at once. That collision between his car and the rear end of Higgins' truck was a good lead in more ways than one. It meant that at least part of your story, darling, was true. But you neglected to tell me that you, Chiselhurst, and Merle had been tailing Higgins' appointed rounds of the gunball machine. I checked the police report on the accident. The car was registered in Great Britain. The report said transient, no local address, and so to bed. I dreamed it was next Thanksgiving, and I was eating a roast of quarter eagle. Then it turned into crow. Good morning, sir. Do you wish to place a classified ad? Uh, good, good morning to you, madam. Indeed, I do. Kindly write it on this blank. Uh, kindly read it off this blank. Well, quarter eagle... Interested parties apply Sam Spade. Sutter, 37596. That's right. Uh, Nine words, sir. I'll have to charge you for three lines anyway. Is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, Yes, but it's not fit to print. Barney's Beanery. Mr. Spade? Uh, yeah. Uh, you got it for sale, the quarter eagle? Who's speaking? I am speaking. Sergei Zacharias. Zacharias. Uh, you are numismatist? Uh, no, this is Mr. Spade himself. Uh, look, I'd like to talk to you personally. Where can I reach you? Oh, I am by my shop, two doors from Belvedere Coffee Shop on O'Farrell Street. Okay, Mr. Zacharias, I'll be right over. <laughs> Why didn't you do more talking last night? My client might be alive if you had. Oh, it's terrible. But how could I have known? You knew about the quarter eagle. Why did you spend that yarn about the pearl? How did you find out about it? Dead men sometimes do tell tales. Surely you don't think that I had anything to do with that. He was only hacked to death with a hatchet like the one you threw at me. That makes you look fine. All right, I killed him, but that'll make you listen to me. Sam, don't go into that shop. Please, it's, it's a, a trap. Suit. You don't know that man, Zacharias. He's the cause of all our troubles. You mean he sold you that hatchet? Sam, please! Quit clawing me. Let go. I won't allow you to go in there. I won't. I won't. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? What's the occasion of the squabble? Oh, well, no, it's Mr. Spade. Yeah, Clancy, this dame here just tried to pick my pocket. Oh! <laughs> Pickpocket! It is it? Glory be in such a pretty one, too. Never mind that, Clancy. Just have it locked up. I'll be down later to prefer charges. Uh, hello? Anybody home? Okay, Shelmus. Just keep on walking. Straight through the back room. One move and I rip you wide open. Yeah, yeah. Better not, Merle. Your boss might not like that. Smart guy. Knows everybody's name. Oh, my dear, sir. A most propitious meeting. Uh, you, you've uh, brought the quarter eagle? Where's Zacharias? Uh, he's uh, resting at the moment, in yonder closet. Oh, no, 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 no not dead. Merely under restraint, uh, bound and gagged. A necessary precaution. Well, uh, uh, shall we talk turkey, or rather, <laughs> eagle? Tell your punk to take that knife out of my ribs. Who's a punk? Uh, now, 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 Merle. There's been quite enough violence. Check. I think I'll take that knife. <laughs> oh. Leave it there. Now, sit down. Merle, Merle. Headstrong boy. Uh, Now, as to the quarter eagle. I'm willing to pay a reasonable reward for its recovery. But first, I must tell you that Miss Darling, for whom I'm acting as agent for the sale of the coin, is indeed the legal owner, despite anything Mr. Zacharias may have told you to the contrary. Uh, What would you say to uh, $500? Uh, I would say no dice. Uh, $1,000? I would say I'm still listening. 
Uh, sir, you you seem to exaggerate the value of that tiny gold piece. It was worth one human life to somebody. That sounds like more than a thousand bucks to me. Uh, you may find the market valuation of that particular mintage of the Quarter Eagle in my coin catalog. Ten thousand dollars. But, sir, that valuation is based upon the mistaken belief that there were only two in existence. It was while rummaging in her grandmother's attic that Miss Darling came up on a third. And when she brought it to me, I could scarcely credit it. It was a matter of official record that two specimens had been stamped out when the die broke. And then it came to me. There must have been a third. Uh, namely, the coin which was in that rude stamping press when the die broke. Uh, closer examination of the quarter eagle now in your possession revealed certain markings. Yeah. Some defective feathers in the war bonnet on the obverse. Uh -huh. And a cleavage in the numeral four of the date... 1841. Yeah, yeah, all right. So how much is it worth? Uh, uh, well, as I say, the, the price last paid was 10000 I think we may safely assume it would bring several times that amount in today's market. But only, mind you, if, if but two specimens, not three, are in existence. Uh-huh. So you decided it would be more profitable to clam up about it and see what the owners of the other two coins would pay to keep this one off the market. Precisely, sir. How did it get in that gum machine? Ah, therein lies a tale. Uh, keep it short, will you? I'm getting hungry. Uh, well, sir, I brought the quarter eagle for Mr. Zachariah, yeah. who was acting as agent for the owner of the other two coins, um, uh, an Australian sheep herder, I believe, mm. retired now. Yes, I'm uh, glad. Well, not to put too fine a point on it, Mr. Zacharias's offer was so poor that uh, I, I, I took umbrage. Oh, you didn't? Uh, I gave him a caning and left the premises. Really? But I'd gone no farther than half a league up Turk Street when I became aware that two ruffians were skulking at my heels. No. Sent, I had no doubt, by Mr. Zacharias uh, to rob me of the quarter eagle. Egad, sir. Uh, precisely. Uh, knowing full well that they would not dare to strike in a populous, well-lighted resort, yes. I entered a bowling alley at the corner of Hyde Street. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Thank you for that, sir. Uh, but there upon the wall, I spied a penny vending machine, and the word eagle caught my eye. Uh, association of ideas, no doubt. No doubt. But that, sir, is how I came to put the quarter eagle into Mr. Eagle's gum machine. Yes, I think I can take it from there. When you went back, the machine had been taken out by the Eagle Company's maintenance man, right? Uh, not quite. I caught him in the very act of removing the machine and followed him out of the building. Yeah, but then you lost track of the machine. I uh, found out why. Never mind that now. What I want to know is who followed Mr. Eagle home the night he was killed? Oh, uh, uh, I I'd rather not say. Then all bids are off. Uh, uh, one moment, Mr. Spade. Yeah? Am I to infer that your price for the Quarter Eagle necessarily includes uh, uh, bringing the murderer to justice? Just that, Mr. Chislehurst. <sighs> well, I suppose there's nothing for it but to make the supreme sacrifice. Merv. Me? You double-crossing pig? Now, Merv, you know perfectly well you did away with poor Mr. Eagle. Shut up. I'll cut you to pieces. Gross insubordination. You deliberately exceeded your instructions. I wanted you to apply only sufficient violence to recover the coin. Instead, you seized the opportunity to satisfy your nauseating bloodlust. Really, Mer? Cut you to pieces! I'll cut you to pieces! All right, drop. Ow! Drop the shift, Merle. Nice happy punk. He got that, that, that was a near thing, sir. The base ingratitude of that boy. Oh well, what's done is done. Uh, when may I expect delivery of the quarter eagle? I uh, didn't answer him. To cover my embarrassment, I gagged him, manacled him to Merle, and delivered the package marked one murderer, one accessory, to the dumbfounded minions of the law. And that, Thelma, darling, I regret to inform you, is still the crop. After I'd sprung you from the pokey, I got hold of Higgins, and we went through every coin out of every eagle gumball machine in the city of San Francisco. 
It couldn't happen, but it did. Your quarter eagle is, shall we say, no place? Period. End of report. Say, I'm disappointed in you. Well, so am I, sweetheart. But I'll forgive you if you found even one Indian head penny from my penny card. Yeah, yeah, just one from that machine on Drum Street. Oh, thanks. There you are, sweetheart. Oh, thank you. And it's an old one. And older than I feel. Go type that up. It's counterfeit. Are you sure? It's joke money. It says two and one half dollars. Hmm? You see where it should say one cent? Two and a half dollars. Let me see that. Two and a half dollars. If an eagle is a ten dollar gold piece, what is a two and a half dollar gold piece? Oh, now, let me see. Five dollars would be half. <gasps> Damn. Right. A quarter eagle. Yeah, that's just dirt on it. See, it's, it's gold, Ooh, really. Oh, look at it shine. Like the stars in your eyes, sweetheart. Oh, you darling. <laughs> Good night, Sam. Good night, sweetheart. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. Lorene Tuttle is Effie. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. That's a big-time detective show right there, Lisa. That's the adventures of Sam Spade, detective. One of the best, one of the most expensive shows uh, of the detective shows. It was full orchestra, CBS, the whole nine yards. Howard Duff as uh, Sam Spade. What was his license number? You know, his... I thought you were going to actually ask me this last week on Stump the Host. You were you were asking a lot of questions about, about Sam, Sam Spade. Spade. I was. And if you would have asked me what his license number as a private eye was, you would have I was, known. I it. would have known it, and I think you would have been. But a here's little... the thing: whenever I asked you ask you very esoteric questions, you don't know the answer. You know what you say to me? You tell me that's a bad question. Right. So I'm careful. If I don't know it, it's, it's a bad that's question. Exactly. So I have yeah. to, you know, it, it's a it's a fine line. His there. license number was one three seven five nine six. Did I ask you what it was? Well, I just wanted to make sure that I if thought you it was ever two asked four me that, six zero one. No, it's one three seven five nine six. What's two four six zero one? I don't know. See, we have different tapes. What is we that? Have different loves. What is that? You'll have to think about it. Um, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Somebody out there, people are listening, they Say know it again. what that is. Say it again. 24601. What is that? I know one thing. How about this number? Uh, 8675309. How about that? <laughs> that? I know that one. I know that one, Jenny, too. Jenny, Jenny. I know that uh, one, too. All right. Hope you enjoyed Sam Spade Detective. Let's take a break. Then when we come back, it'll be more of Lisa Wolf. <laughs> And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa, a couple of uh, reminders. Uh, listeners, we do have a website for this show. It is Hollywood360radio.com. We have our full schedule there. You'll always know what we're going to play here on Hollywood 360 by just going to that website. There's also a store, tons of classic radio, classic TV programming at our store. And that is at Hollywood360radio.com. We also give you 10 free classic radio shows at that site. So make sure you visit Hollywood360radio.com. You just heard a commercial voiced by yours truly for Cat's Pride, which is one of our advertisers, one of our wonderful sponsors. It is the best kitty litter on the market. And we have a drawing 
Do we not, Lisa? Yes, we do. Would you Carl. like to be loquacious and talk about it? I would love to be chatty. So we have a drawing at the end of every month, including this month, November. And if you send a picture of you with your cat, with your name and your cat's name in city and state, and send it to Cat's Pride Photo at gmail.com, you will automatically be entered into our drawing. And hopefully you will win a year's supply of kitty litter. If you don't win this month, keep sending it in because we will have one drawing at the end of every month for the next 10 months. Right. Dan Jaffe, the CEO of Cat's Pride, draws one lucky winner each and every month. And so all you have to do is take a photo of your cat. We'd love you to be in the picture, although you don't have to be, right? Right. And we love that people send us little tidbits about them and their cat and the show. And it's Mm -hmm. an opportunity to communicate with our listeners. We love love learning about you and about your kitty. And so send that to Cat's Cat's Pride Pride Photo. photo. Jinx. Cat's Pride Photo at gmail.com. Email that in right away. Don't miss it. There will be a drawing at the end of this month, and at the end of every month, we will be giving away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter, courtesy of Dan Jaffe, CEO of Cat's Pride. Nice? It's a great contest. Very cool. All right, so send that in. We want you to be part of that. All right, in our next hour, it's Gunsmoke, the best Western of all of radio. William Conrad stars as Marshal Matt Dillon. A CBS broadcast from 1952. Prior to that, our national movie critic Sarah Adamson will be here. And Sarah will talk about two films that recently released. They are Spotlight and Steve Jobs. That's, uh, I think, the third Steve Jobs movie. I think that's right. But it's the one with uh, Michael Fassbender. So you don't want to miss that. That's coming your way. Stick around.